Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Oh my god! No, 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 no! Oh, thank god! Oh my god! Yes, we won! We won the Super Bowl! That's it! That's it! That's it! That's it! We fing won the Super Bowl! Oh my god! Oh my god! Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where Philly Dilly. Philly Dilly? (laughs) Philly Philly! Philly Dilly! Dilly Philly! (laughs) Philly Dilly, indeed, as this past weekend, the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl against Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, and how this relates back to the Lakers, Kobe Bryant. (laughs) We won the effing Super Bowl! We effing won the effing Super Bowl! Oh my god, oh my god, no, oh, oh my god, oh my god, no, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 yeah. We have to win the Super Bowl. Babe, don't scare her. <laughs> <laughs> how was your uh, Super Bowl weekend, and how did you like Kobe Bryant's very candid and very endearing lit reaction to his hometown Philadelphia Eagles winning the Super Bowl? It was so lit, dude. I'm so glad he wasn't at like some big party with a bunch of people and he was just carrying Bianca and trying to keep his voice down as much as possible until he like slapped his forehead really hard and then start clapping <laughs> on his knee and then Vanessa was like, stop it, you're going to scare her. Um, yeah, I love that video. I'm really glad uh, Vanessa caught that 
on uh, Instagram. But um, as far as my weekend goes, it was great. It was really fun. Huge spread. Way, way, way too much food and uh, other things were consumed. And um, man, it was a good game. This is the first. This is the first time I've actually rooted for the Patriots in my entire life. And I, I told everyone, they're like, "How could you possibly root for them?" I was like, "Ask ah, the you? first. Well, it was because I was just thinking like, we're witnessing greatness, you know. And I understand the whole angle of like, well, they've cheated like at least two times, and whatever. Bill Belichick is not a very likable person. Tom Brady is entitled blah 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 but i'm just thinking we're probably never going to see something like this ever again at least in the nfl um as far as dynasties go so why not just embrace it and enjoy it instead of being pissed off and of course like i told everybody there just watch the one time i do root for the patriots they are going to lose and sure enough they did but I played Super Bowl squares and I won $40 because that Hail Mary was unsuccessful. So I, I did change my allegiance uh, within those last few minutes of the game. So at the end of the day, uh, I got an extra 40 bucks in my pocket and I'm happy. Nice, dude. How could you go? How could you go against Kobe Bryant, Will Smith, I know. Bradley Cooper, and Kevin Hart? <laughs> Actually, Tommy and I were talking about that. We we watched together at this this big party, and he was like, "Oh crap, that's right. Kobe's an Eagles fan. Maybe we should be rooting for the Eagles too." But we had already made our bed, so we decided to sleep in them. It's all right because trust the process. <laughs> trust the process. You know, next time we are going to win. That was Joel Embiid, by the way. <laughs> I love that Joel Embiid impression. Yeah. So for me, obviously, I don't know if anybody knows or if people on this podcast know this. If you've been following us since the beginning, you probably do. But Philadelphia is like my second home. I go there probably once every year to visit my relatives, sometimes twice a year. But yeah, I love the city. I've come to adopt the Eagles as my football team before the Rams came here. And I was observing from afar my relatives on social media, and they had a huge party at my aunt's house. Everybody was wearing Eagles green. They were super serious about it to the point where my aunt, they were telling my aunt to move in different sections of the house because (laughs) depending on where she was, they would be scoring a touchdown, but she was never in the actual living room uh, where the game was going on. So they'd always direct her, no, you got to step out right now. (laughs) Um, So it was very funny. And they they had a cake and everything, a Philadelphia Eagles cake that said Philly Dilly. Nice. I mean, they were really into it. I was super happy and... and, uh, Happy for my relatives and family. I mean, they, they've been frustrated, Philly fans, for a long, long time. And so to have a win like this with freaking Nick Foles, of all people. I mean, what a comeback story for Nick Foles, right? Out of the league. It's crazy. <laughs> with the Eagles, not with the Eagles, back with the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, he, he was prepared to go into ministry already. I mean, it, it, it's a crazy storyline. And um, yeah, very cathartic for my relatives. So I'm happy for them, obviously. And uh, yeah, happy I was on the right side of history last night. And yeah, it was a fun game. JT at the halftime show was cool. Uh, but you know what? This is a Lakers podcast. And and these sandwiches that I ate yesterday were freaking delicious. Go ahead. Well, the Super Bowl is a good segue into what should be a pretty exciting week for the NBA. Uh, Will it be exciting for the Lakers? Who knows? But it is the trade deadline uh, for the NBA coming up on Thursday, February 8th. So, uh, yeah, buckle up and strap yourselves (laughs) because... 
<laughs> get, get strapped. Strap on your straps. Um, so tonight, this is our penultimate episode before the trade deadline, and some rumors have come out, some new news has come out, a couple of small deals and trades have uh, have gone down, and we'll get to all of that. Um, tonight's episode, we will get to some listener mailbag questions, we will also get to some Lakers news, because the Lakers, over the weekend, right before the Super Bowl, also had an improbable win against the Oklahoma City Westbrooks and Paul George. Um, in Oklahoma City without Lonzo Ball. So the Lakers had one of their best wins of the season and definitely one of the signature wins and definitely one of the top two in 2018, maybe right behind the Celtics win. Um, But this one was probably more impressive with regards to them being on the road in hostile territory. Last game of a long road trip too. Exactly. So very impressive. Um, Before we get to all of that, though, and we get to the Lakers news, trade deadline news, and then listener mailbag questions, um, as usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes, because the more you rate and review us on iTunes, that is how many more Josh Hart double doubles we'll be getting right now. He's got two in a row. He's calling himself Charles Barkley. (laughs) (laughs) Which is great. Um, Let's hope that streak continues and you can help do that by rating and reviewing us on iTunes um, because it really helps us out, get more exposure. There's a lot more competition these days in the Lakers podcasting game, especially with Jay Moore and his America's Lakers podcast and all of that. But you know what, Alan? We're the Globes podcast, not just America. No, we are Mauritius. (laughs) Mauritius's. (laughs) Mauritius's. Lakers podcast. Uh, if you don't know where Mauritius is, I don't either. I just I just know that that place exists and they love us. So we are Mauritius's Lakers <laughs> podcast. I think it's just Mauritius and then, you know, apostrophe after the yes. But Mauritius Lakers podcast, that's who we are. Uh, speaking of rating interviews um, tonight, because this may be his last night or last show as a Laker, We're going to have Jordan Clarkson read the review. So, Jordan Clarkson, whenever you're ready. Man, talk about Debbie Downer. Why you got to be putting that out there in the atmosphere like that, man? I don't appreciate that. But it's all good, you know. Want some good juju? Maybe I'm going to read this. Uh, I'm going to read this for you guys. I love y'all. Informative and fun. This by Gilbert2201. Timely information and, and thoughtful. Incisive analysis interspersed with sophomoric shears and giggles. I like the way this guy talks. It's a perfect recipe for a podcast that's interesting and loads of fun. Uh, stay the coach. Keep the play impressions. Kind of looks like a happy face because he's got colon. But then he also had like the parentheses. So I'm kind of confused by the punctuation. But we just call it a happy face. But uh, yeah. I love you guys. I hope I ain't going nowhere. I won't be playing in no, you know, stupid city. That was city, not shitty. Uh, somewhere else. You know, I love LA, but uh, it's been real, y'all. If I'm out, if I'm out of here, peace out, Malkita, Lumpia. Oh, man. Lumpia is some good Filipino food. Thank you, Jordan Clarkson. You know, we wish you the best. We hope you're still a Laker, too, uh, once the trade deadline clock strikes midnight or I guess noon on Thursday. Uh, but thank you, Glibert. I think Glibert2201 for that review. Oh, my bad. I said Gilbert. I'm a little dyslexic, you know? <laughs> I can't even read it right now. It's just Glibert. 
I like it. I like Glibbert better than Gilbert. Glibbert2201, thanks for that review. Yeah, so please rate and review us on iTunes, and we will read your review. And maybe we'll have a new player to read your review based off of who we get back for Jordan Clarkson. Who knows? Um, no offense, JC. Uh, but also, another way you can support us is through Patreon.com. Uh, if you give us a one-time donation of a dollar, three dollars, or become a monthly sponsor, any of that helps. Uh, Patreon.com slash The Lakers Legacy Podcast. All right, with that said, let's get into some Lakers news. Um, let's start actually with OKC game. I don't want to go too deeply into this, but Alan, what have your thoughts been on the Lakers? Yeah, signature game. They were slumping a little bit. They had lost to the Toronto Raptors. They did not look good against the Brooklyn Nets, even in their win. Orlando. Orlando. That was they, one, I dude. mean, that was that terrible. Was the poopiest that was terrible. effort. So much poop everywhere. Yeah, so for them to rebound at the end of their road trip with a signature win like this in Oklahoma City against the manic Russell Westbrook and in front of future Laker Paul George, I mean, it it was, they really brought their heart, no pun intended, they brought their heart and Josh Hart, and they really hustled out there, they played great defense, and the Lakers now, you know, they've won nine out of their last 12 games, uh, six of four in their last 10 and this is all without Lonzo Ball. So quickly, what are your thoughts on that OKC game and, and who stood out to you outside of the fact that, hey, Josh Hart has started the last two games and lo and behold, no Tyler Ennis and the Lakers look good and Josh Hart is a double-double machine. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Tyler Ennis not playing is definitely the storyline here. Um, I'm sure Tyler Ennis is a very nice guy. I don't mean to be like crapping all over him, but he's just not not very good at basketball. Um yeah, Julius Randle definitely stood out to me. He was so freaking physical um, against Carmelo. He was just manhandling him the entire game. And it was funny to even see Melo, like, laughing at Julius. You know what I mean? Like, this is the crap that Julius gets off on. And, um, I mean, how appropriate that he was kind of playing, like, a, a tight end or something on Super Bowl Sunday. He was going nuts. And uh, Brandon Ingram definitely stood out to me. He, he had a good game despite the... Uh, Miss free throws at the end. Um, like you said, Josh Hart, of course, that like goes without even having to be mentioned. But uh, overall, man, the the defense was was really good yesterday. Um, could have easily just kind of thrown in the towel. Last game of a five game road trip, um, coming off a bad loss. In terms of their morale, could have been down, but they they really did bring it. There are a couple times where OKC went on some runs, and you know we'd be like down four, and I'm thinking, oh crap, here we go. Um, they're about to blow it open, but you know we showed a lot of resilience. So it was a really good way to kick off Super Bowl Sunday. It was funny because I actually had to leave uh, to head over to that party like mid third quarter or something. And I don't usually listen on the radio. I'll just DVR it and then avoid the world and then try to watch later. This time I thought, you know what? It'll be kind of fun to listen on the radio. I haven't done that in a while. I'll hear the end of the game for sure. And um, I'll obviously rewatch it on television later. And I'm really glad I did. Shout out to uh, to John Ireland and Michael Thompson. Um, it was really, it was riveting, man. Like, I honestly felt like I had a better understanding in some ways of the game just listening as opposed to watching. And it reminded me of like when I was a little kid when there was no such thing as DVR and sometimes you just had to listen on the radio. Um, it was so much more suspenseful that way. And um, it was... It was really fun driving on the 405 freeway and listening to the the end of that game yesterday. So that was my experience. Those are my thoughts. Josh Hart, like I've been mentioning, two double-doubles in his two starts. 
I mean, we, we always knew this guy was solid, but just the way he's playing such tenacious defense and then showing his athleticism and this guy for just being a rookie, he has so his body control his is body so control good for sure. Best it's finisher crazy. on the team. Yeah. And his, I mean, he has the body of a man, you know, and yeah. he's like very solidly built and he knows how to use his body when he goes into the lane to shield off defenders. He gets into other people's bodies, but he knows how to finish with so much control. And so it's it's been very impressive at times during this road trip. I think he had like a crazy dunk against Brooklyn too, where he's just running really quickly with the ball, dribbling with the ball, and then all of a sudden he'll just jam it through, you know? So yeah, he's sneaky athletic for sure. I've seen some things from Josh Hart that I, that I definitely did not expect, but most consistently it's been the defense and how how much he's hustled, how tenacious he's been, how how much he shuffles his feet to stay in front of defenders and really harass them. Josh Hart has been somewhat of a revelation and people have been clamoring for him to start and he, they finally got it and hopefully we we ride him through the till, till the end of the season and if Jordan Clarkson gets traded like we think he will be, um I think this might be the starting lineup we see, you know to end the season, depending on whether or not we keep Julius Randle. Um, but yeah, props to Josh Hart. Clear eyes, full Josh Hart's can't lose, apparently. Um, <laughs> and then Brandon Ingram, you know, he had a very underrated game Yeah, yesterday, 16 points. Um, but, but most of all, I think it was his defense that came to light because he, he's, he struggled this road trip for sure, especially offensively. Um, but then yesterday you saw when Brandon Ingram locks in and shows his defensive versatility, uses his length. I mean, that's when you can really see um, the potential of a Kawhi Leonard type, right? He had yeah, like a that block shot. Yeah, block on Carmelo Anthony. He was using his length against Paul George and Russell Westbrook. Yeah, very underrated game by Brandon Ingram. And then, of course, um, like you mentioned, Julius Randle had an had an awesome game, and he's been pretty awesome this entire road trip. He really um, has. Brooklyn game. He had that crazy hammer dunk that was sick, where he cocked it back. Yeah, and. He, he like pretty much ripped the rim down. So I mean, props to the Lakers for pulling that out. Now they're back. Brooke Lopez too. We got to mention Brooke Lopez. We do. Last two games, man. He's been shooting the lights out and um, doing his very efficient Brooke Lopezy thing in the post and and being that go to guy that we can throw the ball into when the offense is bogged down and he he'd create something right. And it's so, matchups too, right? Like if he's against Okafor, if he's against Stephen Adams, then yeah, you you got to put him in there. But. Uh, the problem is when other teams go their death lineups and, and things of that nature, then you just can't have them out there. And most teams do that. So it is what it is. But good for him for having a good stretch for two games. Yeah. And so the Lakers are now what? They have 20, 21 wins. I think they're four. 21, I believe. 21. They're like four wins away from last year's total, which is incredible. They didn't get this till March something. 21 last year. It's crazy. So props to the Lakers for establishing an identity without Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball is on the mend. Hopefully he'll be able to practice this week. Luke wants to see him practice before he plays, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, But hopefully he plays by the end of this week. We also obviously want to see him play in the Rising Stars or uh, Challenge, whatever they call it now, World versus USA, whatever. But hopefully he'll just seamlessly come back into the group and they can continue to ride this momentum. So... Obviously, the trade deadline will change a lot of those things, but hopefully the main core pieces will will still know how to play with each other and that chemistry will still exist in spite of the trade deadline and whatever happens this week. Uh, but for now, we're happy that the Lakers have at least you know showed the heart and grit that they did earlier in the season to start this new year. Uh, so with that said, the rest of the show is going to be... 
Well, trade deadline stuff, because that is what's coming up this Thursday. We're going to try and have a post-trade deadline episode Thursday night. Obviously, if something breaks before then, we'll regarding the Lakers, maybe we'll have a, an emergency podcast episode as well. Uh, but before we get to our listener mailbag questions regarding the trade deadline, I'm going to quickly run through some news. This is Mike from the Almighty Baller Network. It's nice to have a helping hand, especially when it's tax season, and that hand is attached to a licensed tax professional. With TurboTax Live, you can talk to real CPAs and EAs on demand who can review your return with you before you file and to make sure you get your maximum refund. They can even check your work line by line so you can be confident it's done right. Who knew confidence and peace of mind could be synonymous with taxes? TurboTax Live with CPAs and EAs on demand. See details at TurboTax.com. Let TurboTax Live be your helping hand. Visit TurboTax.com today. So over the weekend, Nikola Miritich got traded to the New Orleans Pelicans for a chic and a first round pick, which is only top five protected, which is what really surprised me because the New Orleans Pelicans are teetering on the edge of a a playoff spot, right? And with DeMarcus Cousins already down, all it takes is one Anthony Davis injury, which is not out of the realm of possibility (laughs) with Anthony Davis for the New Orleans Pelicans to all of a sudden slip, slip, slip and become a super lottery team. And given that their first round pick is only top five protected, man, the Bulls could get a really nice pick from anywhere from, you know, number six through number 15. And all of a sudden, that's a really good trade for them. And all they had to do was take on a Sheik. They don't really have any free agent max plans this summer, so they can take his contract on, which runs two more years and 11 million. Um, and obviously, I think the New Orleans Pelicans, in light of the DeMarcus Cousins injury, they get a guy in Nikola Miritich who can really stretch the floor. So this is one of those win-win trades for both teams. Now, what was interesting and what came out recently was that the New Orleans Pelicans, before they traded for Nikola Miritich, actually talked to the Lakers, or they offered up some packages for both Julius Randle and Jordan Clarkson. Um So for Jordan Clarkson, apparently the New Orleans Pelicans offered up that same first round pick, but we also had to take on Omer Ashik. So almost essentially the same package as the Bulls got for Miritich, but I'm assuming that the first round pick was more heavily protected than what they gave the Bulls um, because Miritich is a more valuable player than Jordan Clarkson. So I'm guessing the New Orleans Pelicans offer was probably like their first round pick this year lotto protected right top 16 that would make more sense and then we'd probably have to take on oh yeah we would have to take on omera sheik's remaining two million dollars at 11 mil a year and then on top of that they also made a play for julius randall but that one they were only trading i think a second round pick and whoa uh, a jinka or a jinsa yeah yeah a jinsa so that one's not as attractive i think what's most interesting to me about those negotiations or or that um, info is that clearly for the New Orleans Pelicans, Jordan Clarkson held more value to them, right. that they would give up their first round pick um, and that Julius Randle was only worth a second rounder and a chic or no, no, sorry. A Jinsa. These names are hard to say, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Alan, what are your, what are your thoughts on, on that? Obviously now it's a moot point because they have Miritich, but just the fact that maybe in some cases, some teams value Jordan Clarkson more than they do Julius Randle. And actually Eric Pincus, he wrote an article stating this fact that right now Jordan Clarkson probably holds holds more value. And 
to a lot of people that probably doesn't make sense. But actually, if you look at the two of them, Jordan Clarkson is controlled for the next two years at a relatively cheap $12 million. So a team is insured that they have Jordan Clarkson at this price for the next yeah. two years. And Julius Randle, he's only making $4 million for the rest of this year, but this summer he becomes a restricted free agent. And even though there's not a huge market and he may only get around $8 million, like it only takes one team to give him an overblown price for sure. that the team that trades for him then has to say, oh, shoot, do I pay up? $15 million for Julius Randle for the next four years. Nope. So that may be the hesitation. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? And just the interesting quirk that, oh, maybe Jordan Clarkson has more value? Yeah. I, th- I think that makes sense. Um, Initially, for sure, you're thinking like, well, who's the better player who has a higher ceiling and things like that. But when you look at a cost-controlled situation, and it's all about value, right? Um, What Julius may potentially make, like you said, if someone just uh, overreacts essentially to him, then, um, you know, in that case, New Orleans is probably not going to match. Um, so I think that does make sense. Um, it's funny though, because it does put things in a different perspective for us. Cause we're like, well, what would you want back for Jordan Clarkson as far as draft picks go? And what would you want for Julius? And we're like, oh, well for Julius, we got to get like something really damn good back. And then to hear that's what New Orleans offered up. It's like, oh, that's kind of a reality check. It's not an indictment on how good of a player Randall is, but like you said, it, it is really all about the value and um, how the market is really going to determine what he's worth. And also, it may just be a team-by-team, case-by-case uh, Yeah, it could be based on need as well. Yeah. Which even I mean, it still doesn't make sense to me, right? Because Demarcus Cousins is down, so presumably yeah, yeah, they right, would probably right. go for a power forward like Randall. But hey, they may have different prerogatives going on. Um, Maybe they really wanted a stretch, you know? Like Julius doesn't exactly stretch the floor. That's true. Um, I think another thing that's interesting about this New Orleans Pelicans deal with Nikola Mirotic is I think it gives us a good reference point for what the Lakers should expect with regards to Clarkson and Randall. Because over the weekend or over the week, we heard that Ramona Shelburne reported last week that the Lakers have been offered first-round picks for Jordan Clarkson and Julius Randall. So that's comforting. You know, some teams are offering that. Now, what she didn't specify is, does that mean they the teams that are offering first-round picks, are they also giving us expirings? Because that's what we need this summer. So I don't think she specified that. So given that the Bulls had to trade Nikola Mirotic and they got a first round pick back and it's a really good one, potentially top five protected. But on top of that, they were not able to get an expiring for Mirotic. In fact, they had to take on Omer Ashik's contract, which is two years left after this year at 11 million per year. So the fact that they- I can't believe that guy makes $11 million a year, man. That is crazy. Well, we can't believe Luau Dang makes 17. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the fact that they gave up a, a player of Nikola Mirotic's caliber, who has been balling out this year, and you know, arguably is better than Jordan Clarkson in terms of value, but still had to take on a Sheik's contract, I think that gives us a reference point for, okay, yes, maybe Julius Randle, maybe Jordan Clarkson, they may be able to fetch us a first-round pick, but I don't think we're going to be able to get an expiring contract. Exactly. We may have to take back money or salary. So that's what the Lakers are up against. It's like, we could probably just dump Jordan Clarkson's salary and get back an expiring, but that probably means we won't get a first round pick with that. Are we okay with that? We probably 
are able to get rid of Julius Randle and and for a team that wants to take a flyer on him. But we may have to take salary back as well. So uh, those are things to think about. Um, one thing to also keep in mind is that, you know, the Lakers have the stretch provision available to them. And obviously we were, our thoughts have always been, okay, if need be, and if the time comes and the Lakers need to make these moves for two max superstars, they will stretch Luau Deng because they've given up on trying to trade that guy. Um, what we fail to mention and fail to forget is they can stretch anybody, <laughs> not only Luau Deng, they can stretch other people on top of Luau Deng if need be. So it's not an an end of the world scenario if we still have to take back contracts. So keep that in mind as we move towards Thursday because ideally would we want to get expirings in a first round pick or expirings in a second round pick back for Jordan Clarkson or Julius Randle? Yes, but it's also not the end of the world if even if we had to take back what the Bulls did, like Omera Sheik for $22 million left, um, what the Lakers could do is they'd stretch Luau Deng, but then they could also stretch Omera Sheik on top of that um, and probably save around, let's see, $22 million, two plus two time, or two times two plus one, 22 divided by five. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you Then Omera Sheik's cap hold would only be around 5 million. Mm. So if you stretch Dang and then you stretch Omera Sheik, that's 12 million that you have on your books for probably the next five years. I can't do the fast math right now, but um, you you can, the Lakers can stretch as many players as they want as long as it doesn't exceed 15% of the cap. Next summer, this upcoming summer, the cap is going to be at around 102. So 15% of the cap is around 15 million, right? Yep. So the Lakers... I can do that math. <laughs> you can do that math. So 15 million, right? The Lakers can have can stretch two players as long as the stretched amount that remains on their cap does not exceed 15 million. And so stretching Luau Dang and a guy like Omer Sheik would only amount to around 12 million. So, so the Lakers can take back multiple years and other salary. They just would prefer not to do so. And I bring that up because... It doesn't really even have to be such a large contract like a Sheik. Let's say we take back a guy who's making $4 million a year. Like, let's say Stanley Johnson, right? And not that we're going to stretch Stanley Johnson, but let's say we take back a player who's making $4 million a year for the next two years. If the Lakers really need to get out of that, they can stretch that amount, and it would probably, that number would boil down to $8 million over the span of that, 2 times 2 plus 1, $8 million divided by 5. I mean, that's pretty much... You, you have like 1.5 million left on your cap, you know, if you yeah, stretch a right. $4 million guy. So it's almost negligible. So I say all of that just to say, if you got confused by all the- Let's do another word problem. <laughs> <laughs> Analogy. Just for SAT. practice. Just kidding. Analogies are out of the SAT. That shows my age. I'm old. Or is it back? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but it's at 1600 again. It's at 1600 again? Yeah. It was 16 wow. and then it was 24 for us and now it's back to 16. Anyway. the writing? Anyway, so yeah, <laughs> I say that all, I bring that up to say that the Lakers, it's not an end of the world scenario. At worst case, if they bring back multi years, don't be like, wait, what the heck? Why did we trade Julius Randle and get back a guy who's still on for the next two years? One, look at his contract and look at whether or not the Lakers can stretch that, which they can. So um, keep that in mind. Now, another report that came out, and actually. It's, it's a report that Wojnarowski has been saying since last year when the Lakers played the Celtics in Boston. 
And he's been consistent with his reporting of this. And he pretty much said that the Lakers aren't long for Julius Randle and are hesitant to commit to Randle long term. So, Alan, what do you think about that? Obviously, like our last few episodes, we've talked about how it, it's it's worth it for the Lakers to just keep Julius Randle on as insurance in case we strike out with our two max plan of LeBron James and Paul George. And if we're only getting back like a second rounder or a late first round pick, Julius Randle is probably worth more than that if we can just re-sign him at a cheaper price. Um, but now it seems like, and you know, this is not concrete evidence of anything, um, but it is Wojnarowski. Yeah, but if it were, right? Yeah, but if it were. So what are your thoughts about this this fact that Wojnarowski since last year has been, you know, putting it out there that the Lakers are hesitant to commit long-term to Julius Randle. And does that change your calculus of this upcoming Thursday and make you a little more apprehensive about Julius Randle's future? Um, if that were true, then I, I would anticipate, you know, us trying to do something with him because if it's inevitable that he is not coming back, even as a backup plan, like we've suggested, then crap, you, you got to get something back in return, even if it isn't appropriate value, I suppose. I, I guess that is uh, their, the Lakers' stance. Um, obviously, I'm interested as as far as, like, why, <laughs> you know, they are not mm-hmm. uh, sold on him long-term. Um, I mean, in terms of what he's shown over the last month or so, obviously it's great. You can make the argument, oh, well, that's a very small sample size. It's a contract year, yada, yada. You know, what does he look like over the course of so many years? And, I mean, they see the guy every day. They know his personality. And, I mean, just from afar, we have seen the pros and cons of Julius Randle. And we've definitely spoken on the cons, you know, as far as him being tunnel vision and and one-track minded and things like that. Um, I mean, maybe they see those things as, like, true issues that... um, not issues like serious, like he's going to be a problem or anything, but just something that to them is not worth the amount of money that he would probably adhere. So um, as far as what I'm expecting on Thursday as a result of hearing that, assuming that, you know, there's some truth to it, um, man, that's hard to say. I mean, every year we we kind of hype up, <laughs> you know, the uh, trade deadline and things just don't seem to happen. So... There's a part of me, if I'm just, if I were to make a bet, it would say like, ah, yeah, pro- nothing's probably gonna happen. Um, but if something did, I wouldn't be shocked, I suppose. And we'll just have to convince ourselves if we get something, you know, less in return than what we would hope for. That, um, I mean, that's just the front office's evaluation of, of Julius Randle as a player long term. And uh, I don't know if I quite, if I see eye to eye to that or not. Yeah, so this is also the first year where the Lakers have, well, not the first year, but with regards to the new regime coming in and, you know, putting it out there, their plans, they clearly have a prerogative set forth. So I think that's why there's a little more added anticipation than usual. That's true. And Rob Palenka has done his best to kind of uh, tamper those expectations in recent interviews. Taper. And... (laughs) Taper, yeah. Freudian slip. <laughs> Tamper, whoopsie. <laughs> that is what he did. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. <laughs> um, taper is our, our expectations as fans, which is a smart thing to do. Um, I don't know if that, you know, we should read into that and say, oh, they're not as confident in getting LeBron James or not, but it is a smart thing to do. Um, with regards to the Julius Randle thing, I'm like you. I don't necessarily understand why they would be 
so hesitant to be to to at least have him keep him on through this through the trade deadline as added insurance and why they wouldn't even consider making him a long-term part of our core now one of the main reasons why they may want to get out of Julius Randle now is to simply have an asset for Julius Randle in the event that they have to renounce his rights and see him walk you know Mm. maybe in their heads it's like look there's a good chance that we're gonna get rid of Julius Randle one way or another whether we have to renounce his rights or he's just gonna leave us because he doesn't want to resign with us right um and in that event, we're going to be left with nothing to show for Julius Randle. Now, obviously, if we have to renounce Julius Randle's rights, that probably means we're getting a superstar. But for the Lakers, maybe they want to be greedy and have it all, you know? If we can get something for Julius Randle now, and we're still we're able to clear his $12.4 million, which we might have to do anyways, well, maybe we get LeBron James, Paul George. Oh, and look, we got a first-round pick in this year's draft, which we didn't have previously. True. And we can use that to either... Um, get rid of Luau Deng's contract, or we can use that to draft another Kyle Kuzma, another Josh Hart, and add that to our core of LeBron James, Paul George, etc., etc. Or we could use it as a trade asset to get some help for those guys if they want to come, you know, just build up our asset base. So maybe that's what they're thinking is. I don't necessarily agree because I still think Julius Randle is an asset that's on par with a first round pick value, you know, especially if you can get him for long term at only $8 million a year. Um, but we are not the front office, right? So no, we are not. I think we, I think we do have to explore what their mindset is going into this trade deadline. And if it is in fact, their, if, if, if it's true that they really have already decided that, Julius Randle is not part of the Lakers' future, and they're actively looking for trades. Alan, before we get into the the mailbag questions, I think it's important to explore what trades we'd potentially be okay with us um, that the that the front office could could make. And look, Julius Randle only is only making four million dollars right now, so you're not going to get a superstar because he only makes four million dollars, right? Right. Um, but the, the the problem with Julius Randle is that he has a $12.4 million cap hold that will hamper the Lakers from getting two max stars this summer. And so they kind of need to clear that right now. Um, but with that said, if we can't get a first-round pick for Julius Randle, another angle we could take is to try and get mid-teen former lotto prospects who are only making around... 1.5 to 2.5 million dollars because at that small salary it won't matter if they take on multiple years because it's so small um it's pretty much like let's say we get stanley johnson is a good example because he's on till for two more years at his um i believe he's making four million dollars or so so people are like wait why would we take stanley johnson if he's not expiring well this summer if we let's say we trade julius Rand for stanley johnson Stanley Johnson, his ca- his salary <laughs> like is only Clarkson. four. St- Stanley Johnson. <laughs> uh, so Stanley Johnson only makes four million dollars, so that's four million dollars reserved for him this summer. But Julius Randle's cap hold is twelve point four million dollars, so we're pretty much saving eight million dollars, and we have eight million dollars to use. And at that small price, we can still sign and man- make maneuvers to sign Paul George, LeBron James. And just have Stanley Johnson there, you know? Yeah. It's a lot harder to have Julius Randle's $12.4 million and then make those Paul George LeBron James moves. So that's why I think if the Lakers can take back... Look, everybody's really stingy with those first-round picks, so it's unlikely that they can get 
a first round pick without getting expirings back. Um, but if they can get like a high prospect or high profile potential young player that you know hasn't hit his mark yet or hit his stride like with a his Tyler current Ennis? team, no, not that guy. <laughs> like a Stanley Johnson. We've talked about Mario Hazonia, you know, um, Rodney Hood. Um, or even some super, super under-the-radar type players, um, I think that would be an interesting angle to go about this with regards to Julius Randle. So, for example, um, Denver right now, they're trying to make the playoff. They're in, they are in the playoffs. I think they're like around the 5-7 to seven range. Uh, they're still waiting for Paul Millsap to come back, but they do have some interesting young players. And let's say... We trade Julius Randle and we take back Malik Beasley, who I think he was drafted in the teens or so, like a year or two ago. But he's he's like a shooting guard, wing prospect, 6'5", pretty athletic, has pot- potential as a shooter. Um, but that's one of those untapped guys who we really don't know what he can do. We just know f- what his potential is based off of college. He hasn't really gotten that much time with the Nuggets, but... Hey, extra wing help. Um, he's still young and he's only making like $1.5 to $2 million, right? So if you traded Julius Randle to the Nuggets for Malik Beasley, Will Barton. Will Barton's an expiring. He could help us off the bench, um, especially if Jordan Clarkson leaves. Or if if not Will Barton, then another young guy like Tyler Lydon, right? So like a trade like that, I think would be interesting. Um, a trade like... I heard that Sacramento Kings, for some reason, are trying to get rid of Scalabissier. Huh. So if for some reason they were interested in Julius Randle, then that's a type of move that I would that I would not hate, you know, where it's yeah. like you're trading Julius Randle for a shot at a young prospect like Scal, um, who may or may not pan out, but he doesn't hurt your cap books. And you can also take a flyer on yeah, him. Exactly. Right? Um, and then another one last one that I thought was very intriguing that um, we heard of today was Willie Hernan Gomez has requested for the Knicks to trade him out of New York. And last year, towards the latter end of the season for the Knicks, Hernan Gomez was going on like a crazy tear. He was getting like 24 points, 16 rebounds. I mean, he was getting double-doubles left and right. Was a really great per-minute type player. Um, he just hasn't gotten minutes at all this year for whatever reason. Maybe that indicates something about how good he really is. But he's still a young prospect who's probably could use a change of scenery and in that scenario man the Knicks could use a guy like Julius Randle look I know they have Ennis Cantor but given how good Julius Randle has been defensively this year can you imagine him with Kristaps Porzingis those two would be crazy they'd be sick and the the Knicks would be able to control Julius Randle's future so um if we could trade Julius Randle to, to New York for Willie Hernan Gomez and Dougie McBuckets because the salaries match up there and McBuckets only makes, or he's expiring this summer, which is great. Nice. And then Hernan Gomez only makes like a million or so. So a trade like that, I would definitely not hate or shake my head at, you know, it would suck to Ju- It would suck to lose Julius Randle, yeah. but then I'd say, Oh, we got a fly on Willie Hernan Gomez. And we, we did what we were supposed to do in terms of clearing Julius Randle's 12.4 million off the books. And then we can see between the three headed monster of Thomas Bryant, Willie Hernan Gomez and Zubats, like, all right, you guys fight it out and see who becomes one of our bigs of the future. You know? Um, so I would be looking at those types of trades. Um, if I were the Lakers and if they can't get a first round pick, uh, we've said it before. The Dallas Mavericks are hard after Julius Randle, which makes a ton of sense. Um, he's from there as well. We've discussed the potential of getting Nerlens Noel 
in here, maybe getting Dallas's early second and maybe a flyer on a Seth Curry. I'm still on the fence about that type of deal. I know you and Tommy would accept that type of deal, but yeah, so those are those are the the options available I think for Julius Randle. If we can't get a an outright first round pick, then I would look at young prospects um that other teams have that just haven't reached their potential yet. Toronto has a ton of them. Uh Bruno Caboclo, that Tyler Ennis lookalike, Van Vliet, <laughs> Lucas Nagero. But better. <laughs> however you say his name, Nagera, Nagera. He's got the face tattoos, right? I think so. Yeah, so they have a bunch of young guys too, even Jakob Pertl. If they want to flyer on Julius Randle as a backup for Sergi Baca and as a backup for Jonas Valanciunas, because those guys that they have, those young guys, they can't help the Raptors out anytime soon, right? And the Raptors are like, what, first or second in the East? Yep. So Julius Randle would definitely help a team like that out. And so if you could trade Julius Randle for those potential young prospects, then I think that might be, not. I don't want to say worthwhile, but at least better than if if the Lakers intend to do this anyways, then at well, least you might you're getting as well. An asset exactly. Back. Right. So I guess yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Uh I mean I don't I actually don't have too much to add. I, I agree with everything you said. If they're dead set on getting rid of him to clear up cap space because they know they're not going to keep him anyway, so let's just get something back in some form. Um, whether it's picks, you know, if we're just all about collecting assets or as you said, take a flyer on a guy, see if he hits or not. Um, he may, he may not. We've clearly done it over the past few years with certain guys, uh, whether that was, those were successful risks or not. Um, at the very least, they're very low risk moves. Yep. Agree. All right. With that said, we're going to end our show with some listener mailbag questions from Patreon, from Twitter. We'll get to that after the turn, right after we hear from our sponsors. Hey, this is Brian from the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, here to talk about keeps. So there's just no two ways to say it. Losing hair is awful. Nobody wants to go through it. And two out of three guys are going to experience hair loss by the time they're 35. This is the world we live in, people. Now, I personally haven't started this you know, downturn, but I got a couple of people close to my life that go through it, and they always say, should have started it sooner rather than later. So anyways, these FDA-approved products used to cost so much, but now, thanks to Keeps, they're finally inexpensive and easy to get. For five minutes, now and starting just $10 per month, you'll never have to worry about hair loss again. So they've ironed out the process. Basically, you just take a photo of your hair and you shoot it over and a licensed physician will review the information and recommend the right treatment to you and then, boom, shipped right to your door every three months. So Keeps is only $10 to $35 a month. Uh, plus, now you can get your first month free uh, to, to what? To keep your hair. So come on. What are we talking about here? To receive your first month of treatment for free, go to keeps.com slash almighty. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash almighty. That's a free month of treatment at keeps.com slash almighty. Keeps hair today, hair tomorrow. Okay, listener mailbag time. These are trade deadline specific questions. First, we're going to throw out some questions from our very loyal listeners who are also Patreon subscribers. Thank you guys for donating. Even if it was only for a one-time donation, uh, we really appreciate it. Um, This first question comes from our Patreon, Arthur Moritz. He asks, would you guys do a trade for Kemba Walker with the potential of taking on another contract? So a guy like Nicholas Batum who makes an insane amount of money for the next four years or so, or Dwight Howard. Uh, 
<laughs> or Marvin, maybe maybe Marvin Williams. He's a little more. You can stomach that a little better. But um, yeah. Would you trade for Kemba with the potential of taking on another contract, something like Clarkson, Brewer, Ennis, and Zubats for Kemba and Marvin Williams? Uh, well, first, I don't think Orlando. <laughs> I don't think uh, Charlotte would do this. Uh, we'd probably have to include much more um, than just Clarkson. Brewer, Ennis, and Zubats. Yeah. Uh, but let's say even in the best case scenario where it's Clarkson, Randall, uh, Zubats, maybe you have to throw in Josh Hart for... Oh, man. Even if, even if they take that, you know, for Kemba Walker and Marvin Williams, would you do something like that knowing that you're locked into Kemba Walker? No. no knowing what this front office's goal is, that would disrupt everything, you know? And uh, even if that weren't our goal, I don't think I would do it. Kemba can't be your, you know, best player on a championship contending team. Um, he's good though, you know. And I, I think if you just imagine basketball wise, what he and Lonzo could do together, um, I actually think that would be a pretty good combination. I think it could work. But, um, again, given just reality and what our goals are, I, I don't see that happening. Sure. Um, Arthur Moritz has some additional trade potential trades that he wants to throw out. Outside of this Kemba Walker one, he says, what about a trade with Orlando, Jordan Clarkson, Tyler Ennis? Yes. Yes. Get out of here. <laughs> Larry Nance Jr. Uh-oh. Zubots for Shelvin Mack, Mario Hazonia, and Alfred Payton. First of all, I don't think we need to give up that much for those guys, especially because, one, they want to get rid of Hazonia. They want to get rid of Peyton. Uh, the reason why they probably want to get rid of Hazonia is they did not ex- they did not extend uh, or they did not pick up Hazonia's last year as a rookie. So he's an unrestricted free agent. So he technically could leave for nothing. And then Peyton, they have to make a decision on. He's the same situation as Julius Randle, where do they really want to pay him this much? You know, So I don't think we have to give up anything close to this but um let's say alan it's jordan clarkson for mario hazonia and alfred payton would you do that and my answer would be yes um yeah i probably would hazonia is intriguing for sure um payton whatever i'm not i'm not super high on alfred payton but uh yeah I, i think i would do that yeah, I mean, essentially, that's a salary dump. Yeah, you're not and sure look whether what you the can... hell you're getting back. I mean, that would be incredible. Yeah, I mean, Mario Hazoni, if you had some control over him, maybe then it becomes more enticing, but he is an unrestricted free agent, so you're not sure whether or not you can even retain him because you have bigger fish, bigger fish bigger to fry. Fish, so fish to, fish to, fish fish to, fish to fry. Gefilte fish. Um, <laughs> He also ha- So he has one last trade, potential trade, and it's one we've discussed before with the Atlanta Hawks. He asks, Jordan Clarkson, Zubats, sec- and a second rounder for Bellinelli and Ilyasova. Again, I don't think we have to give up this much for just an expiring. Um, I think they'll hold on to Clarkson if they ever have to give up an additional asset like Zubats and a second rounder. They'll probably just hold on to him till the summer, you know? Um, if they need to get rid of Clarkson by then, and make quick moves and attach an asset to him, then they'll do that. But I don't think this trade deadline, they have to attach assets to Jordan Clarkson to get rid of him, you know, because Ramona Shelburne has already said that teams have offered yeah, up a first round pick for Clarkson. <laughs> um, 
you don't need to make Clarkson a salary dump to the point where I have to attach a second round or I have to attach Zubats to it. Yeah, so, he's already appealing enough as it is. You don't need to sweeten the pot. Right. If anything, this trade should be Jordan Clarkson for an expiring Bellinelli and they, one of their three first-round picks, you know? Mm. They have two later first-round picks and then a, an early second-round pick. So I'll even take the second-round pick, given that the Lakers just want to get off of Clarkson's $12 million and get a, want to get an asset of some sort back. So if we can get an early second-rounder or mo- most preferably that number 28 to 29 pick via Houston, that would be great. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I, I do. Cool. All right. So moving on to another one of our Patreon subscribers. His name is Hussam Nijar. Um, he asks, what are your thoughts on just trusting the process with our young guys, similar to how the Warriors and 76ers built their teams? Do you think a core of Zoe, Ingram, Randall, and Clarkson can take us back to the promised land? Um, Hussam, you're missing Kuzma, but that's okay. We'll <laughs> let that slide. <laughs> um, but Alan, what are your thoughts on, you know, just trusting the tr- trusting the process, flashing the progress, um, not trading Jordan Clarkson or Julius Randle, uh, especially given how well they've played recently and the flashes that they've shown as a young core, uh, even without Lonzo Ball. Um, this is this is one of the options that Rob Palinka, whether or not he means it or not, has you know thrown out there as a potential if we can't get two maxes. But what are your thoughts with just going? you know, full on young core, even though we kind of botched that plan by already trading D'Angelo Russell. Full on organics. Um, it's like, I don't, I don't hate it. You know, like we, we like all these guys. Um, but of course the question is just projecting in the future. Like Sam said, can they take us to the promised land? Um, so, you know, if we're thinking, Golden State Warriors comparison, Steph Curry hit, Klay Thompson hit, Draymond Green hit, you know? Do we think a number of our guys are going to hit in that type of way where Steph Curry's an MVP and Klay Thompson is arguably the best shooter to ever play basketball and Draymond Green is just a freak? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say no, that core does not take us to the promised land. I would say that core makes us competitive for sure down the line. Could be like a three or four seed perennially at best. Um, Do they ever win? Probably not, sadly. Um, Yeah, I mean, emotionally, it's like, yeah, we want to see these guys stay with us because we've watched them essentially grow up as professional basketball players. But um, just looking at the reality of the situation, you know, what is the ceiling for a guy like Jordan Clarkson? I mean, he's he's a six man, you know, that's great. He could be like our poor man's Manu Ginobili or whatever. But if he doesn't reach like Ginobili heights, which I don't think he will, <laughs> um, he's probably not as integral a piece to a part of a championship team, you know, that you're looking for. Um, so, yeah, th- those are my thoughts. Yeah, so with regards to the Golden State Warriors, they, like you said, they hit on all of their picks. Um, maybe another example would be the Oklahoma City Thunder because they mm, really built organically, yeah. and but they also hit on three top five That's NBA crazy. players: in yeah. James Harden, Kevin Durant. Anytime Russell they're all Westbrook. playing like against each other, you know, in any combination, I'm just like, oh my god, you guys are all on the same team at the same time. It's insane. Yeah, so obviously. Are, can we compare our guys right now to those guys? Uh, no. Um, could they ever reach those heights? 
potentially. Um, but even the Golden State Warriors, you know, with as good as Steph Curry was, Clay, even even Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, um, they still had to make moves uh, peripherally on the sides. If anybody remembers, they had to trade away Monte Ellis for Andrew Bogut, and that kind of helped expedite their process as a playoff team, right? You have to become a playoff team first before you become a contending team. And the first few years, they they struggled in the playoffs, you know. Um, so. With regards to the Lakers, they're in a position as Los Angeles and as a premier legacy type franchise to not have to trust the process, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, like the Philadelphia 76ers and the Oklahoma City Thunder, they're almost forced to trusting the process if they really want to become good, you know? Um, I think for the Lakers, of course, I would love to see this like Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, you know, this this type of young core, especially because we end up falling in love with them. But if you look at our history, that's not how we operate as the Lakers, you know, and I'm not trying to say like we should do everything like how we did before, but because we are a marquee franchise and we're still Los Angeles and and people still want to live here, you know, if we have the money and the means to do so, I think there's a there's a balanced way of approaching this of, yeah, I, I want to keep, I think they should determine who their young core pieces are, who they really want to go with. And then they need to get those guys some help. They need yeah. a superstar to help those guys pave, or pave, pave the way for the future for those guys. You know, if you look back on the Nick Van Axel, Eddie Jones, Kobe Bryant era, Shaq era, right? Yeah. Um, you could argue we really hit, you know? Yeah. But they still had to make moves after that. They had to trade right. away Nick, Eddie Jones, um, and even even signing Shaq, you know, that was a huge part of it, right? They needed that superstar to help usher along Kobe Bryant, Nick Van Axel, and Eddie Jones. Um, so I think the Lakers, that's what they're trying to do with this Paul George thing. Paul George, LeBron James, um, help our young guys compete as soon as possible so that they get a taste of that early on in their career. So that when Paul George and LeBron James are ready to hang it up, well, guess what? Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Kyle Kuzma, they've already been to the playoffs you know, four times already, and they're ready to take on that mantle. So I think for me, what I love to see Jordan Clarkson and Julius Randle and all these guys just rise to the top like the Oklahoma City Thunder and they all become top five players, I would. Uh, I just don't think that's that's going to happen. We've seen enough from some of these guys, and right now we have an opportunity to pivot a little bit and um, and try and build – Build with young guys, but also have superstars who can help complement those guys and um, mentor them, and then lead them into the future. I think that's actually the most effective way. Yeah, because we don't we don't want to trust the process for ten years. I mean, it's already been four years up until this point, right? For yeah. us, without not making the playoffs, and uh, for the Lakers, that's unacceptable. Yeah, and and this is not to say that like Randall and Clarkson aren't good. You know, no, like you can all. you can actually hit on a lot of guys, but like you said before with the Andrew Bogut thing. Um, sometimes it's just not a good combination. It's just not a good fit. And when you're trying to build a championship team, it isn't necessarily like, let's just get all of the best players, um, who have, you know, whatever you got to look at skill sets. And, um, at some point you just see like, who can we afford to lose and what can we replace that person with where it's actually going to enhance everybody else on the team. And at that point, you you look at who's untouchable and who isn't. And I think we all kind of know, you know, who who we could live without. We'd be sad, but we could live without certain guys. Now, if the Lakers can't get LeBron James and Paul George this summer, 
then yes, we have no choice but to stick with these guys, you know? And we're not going to be, like, super pissed or depressed about that. Like, we like these guys, and they are good. So, you know, is the worst-case scenario so terrible? No, if we're doing the trust the process thing. It, it isn't. But as far as expectations are concerned, um, that's where they need to be, you know, adjusted. Exactly. We'll kind of have to just do that kick the can down the road thing again. <laughs> or the worst case scenario is we trade Randall and Clarkson this week and then we don't get LeBron or Paul George. That is actually the worst right. case scenario. That is the worst case scenario. But suck. hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, even if we trade them, we get some value back for them. Yeah. Even if it's a first round pick and then you draft another Kuzma, hopefully. Crossing fingers. But yeah, and we, then you're we're trusting not the process again. But that's okay. And then you're trusting the process, right? <laughs> Uh, but I think that's a good segue into our next question from another one of our Patreon subscribers, Rich Gunn. He asks, which players should we retain? Hart, KCP, Lopez, Zubats, etc., and not trade outside of Randall and Clarkson, whose names keep coming up. Also, it may seem obvious, but do we resign Lopez or KCP? Um, with regards to who we should retain outside of Randall and Clarkson, I think it's obvious, you know... Um, Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, those are the guys who are pretty much untouchable. Um, if you can get someone really good, and I don't want to trade Larry Nance or Zubats, but let's say you get someone of equal uh, high potential, um, then maybe you do that at a different position of need, uh, specifically the wing position. Maybe you do that because we have a glut at the power forward spot. Um, but outside of that, I'd probably keep Josh Hart into, uh, put Josh Hart into that group as well just because he's shown so much potential. Um, but with regards to KCP and Lopez, uh, I am not re-signing those guys um, at all. Now, if, if Lopez wants to come back on the qualifying offer after we've made all our moves uh, for $4 million or whatever, sure, why not? But I'm not going to bend over backwards and give him like a double-figure multi-year deal or anything like that you know so um yeah what about you who would you keep outside of you know randall and clarkson i I have the exact same list as you and you know as far as like lopez goes it's interesting like which team out there is going to give him double digit money um unfortunately for him like he's not really able to show himself off right now but you know even if he were like playing at his highest potential at this point it's just a sign of the times, right? As far as where the league is headed. And um, sadly for him, just right now, he's not the best fit um, as far as what teams are trying to do. So who knows? Maybe we will be able to re-sign him like you said. Yeah. Um, his He has one last question. He said, which player would you rather keep, Jordan Clarkson or Julius Randle? Um, I love both for different reasons. I like Jordan Clarkson because he's my... Kababaya and my Filipino brother and he's funny um, and obviously we have ties to him just because he was um, he's been with us uh, from the start of this trust the process journey and I think he's a great character to have um, Julius Randall I've come to love just because I mean he's shored up a lot of his deficiencies in his game this year and he's shown to be an explosive very athletic um very active and aggressive player who can play defense now. And um, so if I'm just looking at it from a basketball perspective, um, I would rather keep Julius Randle because he now has the versatility that you'd want. You can play him at small ball five in that Draymond green roll. You can play him at power forward and he can back the hell down. He can back guys like Carmelo Anthony down, guys like Al Horford and uh, take him to the post and actually finish competently these days. So who would you rather keep? 
Yeah, I agree with you. And the angle I'll take at it is a little more based on intangibles, not that we know them personally. But like you said, Jordan Clarkson is a lighten up the locker room type of guy, comic relief, just keep everybody feeling good, a la Lamar Odom. You know, he was that guy for us back in the day. Um, As far as Randall's personality goes, from what we can see, I do feel like he has potential to be one of those locker room leader type guys, if he continues to lead by example and never take plays off, he just does have that fire, you know, and Eric Pink has said it several episodes ago that he has that Mamba mentality. Like he really thinks he's Kobe for better, or for worse. And every team does need a guy like that. So if we are having to choose between Randall and Clarkson, you know, what do you value more? A light in the mood, keep everybody in high spirits type guy, or, that shark and really like both pieces are extremely important. Like you do need that light in the mood type guy, but what is easier to find? I, I think a guy with that shark killer mentality uh, is a little bit more difficult to find. So uh, if I look at it from that perspective, I would also go with Randall, but basketball wise, like you said, um, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, so our last question to close the show out comes from Frank Galden at Frank G-A-U-L-D-E-N. He says, my question, these rumors that the Lakers are getting offered first round picks for Clarkson and Randall have to be getting generated by the Lakers, right? Otherwise, what the hell is taking so long for them to pull the trigger? Uh, So this is an interesting question. I mean, it could be generated by the Lakers just to pump up their value that I would not be surprised by that at all since Rob Palenka used to be a former agent and this is all part of the game and the maneuvering and the posturing. Um, Having said that, I do think that they have been offered first-round picks, but like I mentioned earlier in this episode, they are probably first-round picks with things attached to them, which means non-expirings, multi-year deals, and I think the Lakers are doing essentially what they did last year with Lou Williams, right? Um, We're going to see what the best offer is out there for these guys, and maybe near the trade deadline if those things don't improve maybe we stand pat or we just pull the trigger on the best first round pick package available right i think i honestly think they're just waiting to see um who can pony up more um near the trade deadline and once they get the first round pick that they want for one of these guys maybe they hit the they press the button then you know i it's essentially what happened with lou will last year right yeah and maybe they waited Brewer. too long i don't know but um, but I think, like Eric Pincus said, usually the best offers um, come later um, in the week. So maybe that's all the Lakers are looking for. And I wouldn't be surprised, too, if they told some teams, hey, we'll get back to you on this. We just want to see. Maybe we'll still consummate this deal, but we want to make sure that this isn't the best available um, proposal out there for a Julius Randle or Jordan Clarkson. I really do think that they're just assessing their options at this point. Now, if they're doing a smokescreen thing and just saying, yeah, we're getting first-round picks for Clucks and Randall, you better you better come and get them. Um, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll, honestly, we'll, we'll really see. What about what, what do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, I agree with that. I don't know how effective you know, spreading those rumors falsely of, oh, yeah, we're getting all this stuff. Look, guys, better jump on this quick. I don't know how effective or um, a strategy that would be. But as far as keeping options open, not jumping the gun, things like that, I totally agree. I mean – like what's the rush you know like this thing is not going to just dry up all of a sudden then we're going to be like oh crap we totally should have taken those offers um so i do think they are um just being patient right and waiting to see if someone will be willing to offer something um 
that will really help us out. And, you know, like you said with the Lou Williams thing last year, um, getting Tyler Ennis and Corey Brewer back, I mean, we could look at it and be like, oh, well, you know, Corey Brewer's like a vet and, you know, he's a slasher and he could do this. And that's like, yeah, it's not so much about, hey, the basketball stuff, you know, as it is, okay, we took back one of their contracts, but he's not making that much money anyway. Tyler Ennis, we all last year were like, okay, well, this guy was like a pretty high draft pick and who knows, maybe he just hasn't been given a shot and he's got potential. And we all know where that is right now. So if that's something that we end up receiving by Thursday, um, we can definitely see a pattern as far as the logic goes going back to last year well we also got the number 28 pick which allowed us to get exactly. josh harden right. kyle kuzma so i mean that's really what we were looking for right um and we're like and said, we're fine with the other pieces you know because it's like ah, it's not hurting us whatever exactly and with regards to the strategy um i think it's actually more effective that rob palinka just tempers expectations by saying <laughs> hey we could we could keep jordan clarkson and julius Randle." that's a more effective smokescreen than saying we're getting first round picks for these guys come on everybody step right up and give us a first round pick because if you tell teams hey we might just keep this guy we want we might just keep these guys then teams might be like oh maybe we have to give them more you know if if they really are um set on just trusting the process if they have that plan b in their pocket so i think that's the more effective strategy the more effective strategy is the guys just playing well which julius randall has done which jordan clarkson has done uh, i don't think they need to pump up the, their value anymore because the lakers have been playing well and and largely playing well because of jordan clarkson and julius randall right so um I think the best strategy would be like, hey, these guys are playing well and we want to keep them. So if you want to trade for any of these guys, we're expecting something of value back as opposed to, hey, we're getting first round picks. We're not going to tell you who's giving it to us, but we're, we got some. So step right up, you know, so I, I agree with you there. Um, with that said, I think that'll do it. Trade deadline is this Thursday. Maybe stuff will break before then. Who knows? Um I I don't know what to expect, to be honest with you. Uh, like you, I, I, I'm almost default set to just say nothing's going to happen. But if there was ever a time for, for things to get crazy, Kobe Bryant, Mamba over the Eagles crazy, it might be this year. Um, so everybody, just brace yourselves. Um, you know, Appreciate Jordan Clarkson and Julius Randle as much as you can tomorrow night against the, the Phoenix Suns. Um, and we'll see where we go from there. If they're both back after Thursday, great. You know, we've come to love these guys. They've been playing well. Let's trust the process or we'll, let's see how this thing goes through the summer. Um, but yeah, with that said, thank you guys for listening. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes because the more you rate and review us. Alan, what do you got? That is... How many more times the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to lose nationally televised games? They play two more times this week, Wednesday and Saturday or Sunday, I believe. So, yeah, let's keep that train from. No, let's keep that train derailing. <laughs> let's keep that, that train from derailing. <laughs> let's derail the crap out of that train. Like LeBron James says, stop putting us on national television. Not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. So please rate interview us on iTunes and we will catch you guys on Thursday when we've got Paul George. <laughs> Dude, that interview with Rachel Nichols just really quickly where he was like, you would have been great to have gone back home. I love how candid he is, man. It's crazy. <laughs>
Yeah. I mean, right now, it's all brotherhood. He loves yeah, whatever, Westbrook man. and Carmelo. But guess what? <laughs> Everybody he got says a first, that. He got a first-hand view of what the Lakers look like without Lonzo Ball, without him. You just plug him in there. You plug in Lonzo Ball, and we on our way, son. We are on our way. <laughs> you. Bow, bow, bow. Lit, 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 lit. Uh, with that said, we will catch you guys later. Alan, crossing our fingers. Trade deadline. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Peace out. Peace. This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Yeah, even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.